Hello and welcome to Relaxed Mel, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. All right, so this week I'm actually back inside the truck, so uh, not quite as uh, as high quality as I'd like, but still, uh, just everything that happened uh, had a full full weekend and was not able to actually get around to the uh, to the podcast until uh, just uh, t- well tonight's Wednesday, so I'm I'm <laughs> till the last minute, so didn't get uh, ended up having to get uh, the uh, Monday post taken care of on Sunday night. Uh, got half of the, uh, the blog post wrote, uh, on Tuesday night or, uh, finished on, on Monday or half done on Monday night and got it, uh, got it finished on Tuesday night for it to go live. And so now tonight's Wednesday night. So I'm trying to, I'm playing catch up and playing, uh, playing catch up the whole darn time for, uh, for this, but I love getting these podcasts out to you. So I, uh, was not, I knew I wouldn't go to sleep good tonight until I made sure I had at least this video or this audio uh, podcast out. So, but anyhow, guys, this week we're going to be talking about, are you an asset or are you a liability? And there's a lot of differences between the two. And we're going to be talking about that. But before I do, I wanted to talk about a, an event that is actually coming up on August 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, there is a over in uh, Arkansas. There is a place called uh, Birds Adventure Park, and there is a group called the Operation Tears of the Twenty Two, which is about trying to tackle the problem of us losing twenty two veterans every single day to suicides. And a couple of uh, actually, I think they uh, actually they're related. It's brother in laws got around to talking and realized that they really had a great time and a chance to just let everything go when they went out to Birds Adventure Park and just went jeeping all over the countryside and went fishing or hiking or doing whatever, just getting out in the middle of, of nature, not be not having a cell phone to worry about, and just enjoying life for a couple, three days. And that, uh, they want to bring that to a bunch of veterans. Now there's going to be a lot more going on. It's not just going out there riding Jeeps for four, for a couple of days. There's, uh, actually going to be a lot of food trucks. There's going to be a, uh, some speakers. I'm a speaker, by the way. Yep. I am going to be, uh, I'm going to be up on stage, uh, doing a, doing a talk and seeing if I can help, uh, a lot of these men to actually have, uh, shift their mindset and see if we can start getting a lot of these men who have come back from, from, uh, from operations overseas coming back with feeling of not knowing what to do with themselves. They, and help them to find that purpose. And that's, that's actually my personal task of what I want to do and what I want to accomplish whenever I'm over there. Um, it is, uh, for all veterans, veterans, bring your family, Join everybody out there. Uh, 
over at uh, Birds Adventure Park, August 5th through the 8th. Like I said, it is going to be a, a great and wonderful time. I think Matt and Rich are just doing a bang-up job of getting this stuff put together. Uh, they're going to have an auction and some other some other things, so you can actually have run the chance of being able to get a three-month uh, coaching session with me for relatively inexpensive or who knows maybe people go crazy over this thing and all of a sudden they're it may end up being a five thousand dollar you know i'd jump up and down if it did that not that it would mean anything to me but it would mean that they got all the money and that's what to help be able to save more of our, our our veterans as they go battle the the war that is within inside their mind and to find out that there is a lot more to life um, after service because the military does a great job of turning you into a warrior, but they really don't do such a bang-up job of converting you back to a civilian. And you, re- a lot of men and women, once they get out of the service, really feel lost. And so I want to, that's, we're, we're helping them out. We're going to, we're going to get together. And as a, as a, a move of solidarity to help these guys become absolutely, uh, I want to help these guys become just absolutely, uh, successful in this, in this event that they're putting together. You can, uh, they right now, all they really have is a Facebook page up and you can go to Facebook and do a search for operation tears of the 22 and you should be able to find them there. The, and from there you can see that, uh, the, it's called tears of the 22 off the hardball. And that'll, and I, honestly, I'm not a hundred percent sure what that full thing means, but that's what they're calling it right now. And so if you look in the events, you'll see that, uh, tears of the 22 off the hardball event listed there and sign up, let them know that you're going so that they can tell, they can, be ready with the food trucks and the, uh, and the, I think they're going to have a, a bang up time. So, but anyhow, wanted to make sure I mentioned that. And I'm going to keep mentioning that all the way up to August. I want to see as many veterans there as we possibly can get. So if you're a veteran, come on down, bring your family and, and let's go and let's have a good time. We've got, they've got people who Jeep clubs coming up to take everybody out on, different uh jeeps and uh and rock crawlers and just you know see how steep of a mountain we can make some of these marines uh really flinch so anyhow (laughs) anyhow on with the uh on with the show so we are now got the question of the week question of the week is brought to you by the brotherhood of men this is a men's group that i have put together to help men Lift each other up. We are a brotherhood. We come together. And when you have a problem and you address that problem, the rest of the men in that group are going to come together and help you find a solution to whatever that problem is. If you're trying to, if you're going through a divorce and you're trying to figure out how you can, uh, you can best, uh, prepare yourself, these guys will help you out. If you are, trying to get a business started and you don't know what, where to start or how to, or you're getting snagged on, on something. These guys are here to help. These are men who are invested in making sure that you become successful just as you will develop deep bonds and friendships with these men. And they, the bonds will last, last 
for a lifetime if you if you want them. And so if you're somebody who's struggling to find friends, this is a great way to be able to do so. You can join in and be able to f- achieve the goals that you're after, set goals, achieve those goals, and become a, a better man all around. Hit those four main pillars of the relaxed male and and find out exactly how uh, how freeing it can be when you are are balanced and you have that solid platform. So guys, if you're interested, go over to relaxmail.com forward slash brotherhood and sign up and I will uh, be talking to you shortly after that. All right. So now the question of the week is this, how does someone adapt to not having a mother uh, throughout their lives and not be bitter about it? Now, I, that's the, the gist of the question. I really didn't know if the, uh, the person asking this, if his mother died and was gone or if his mother, you know, was a drug addict or an alcoholic or just somebody who just didn't want to have the child and, and left. So with the very minimum amount of knowledge that I had about this, this is what I had to go on. And it really kind of struck me on that. So. So how do you actually, all right, sorry about that. So how do we actually go through, uh, through life and not become bitter because I didn't get to have a mom. Everybody else has a mom and I didn't get to have a mom. Well, first off, the question really struck me as coming from a victim centered, uh, line of thinking, which is really sad because. I understand. I get it. Not having a mom around, a man needs a, a boy needs his mom when they're growing up. Needs a mom the same as a boy needs a dad, and the same as a daughter needs a mom and a dad. Also, the kids need their parents. And sadly, I think a lot. Uh, side note: I think the whole non-fault, no-fault divorce uh, thing that goes on these days. Uh, has put our kids into more detriments and more problems and more anxiety inducing issues than anything else before. If the people were forced to have to figure out how to work together, I think there would be a lot more, a lot more, uh, marriages sticking together. I think there would be a lot more, uh, a lot more kids who actually had their parents. And parents would just it would uh, learn to adapt, which are, humans are uh, amazing at being able to do. But the hard news uh, that I wanted uh, that I wanted to tell this question the the questioner is you won't know the the how do you keep from being bitter is you have to change your attitude. You have to look, start looking at life in a completely different way. Stop looking at it as a, a victim. Oh, poor me. I didn't get to have my mom with me. Well, I I wasn't exactly in that. In, I, like I said, I don't know. Maybe his mom showed up in his life from time to time. Uh, I was, uh, whenever I, after I was born, I my mom and dad, they, li- they were married uh, until I was about two years old or so. And then... My mom and dad got a divorce and somehow my dad got custody of me 
and my mom moved off to a large city. And so I was raised by my dad. Now, did I get to see my mom? Oh, yeah, yeah, about usually twice a year. I was spending about a week with her. Uh, and then whenever I got older, about a month in the, uh, uh, during the, during the summer months, I would get to spend a whole month with her and then come home. Um, that caused, I mean, that caused issues with me because I, I wondered, was this something that was, you know, for the longest time? Cause kids, when we're little, it's all centered around me. And it's like, why did my mom not like me? Why did my mom, why, why did I have to stay with my mom? Why did I have to? And I, you know, I was angry the fact that my dad had married this other woman. And yeah, even though I was two or three, actually I was about four whenever he remarried, it was, you know, there was that whole means of having to change. Now, from what I've understood and from what I've gathered, uh, after becoming an adult and stuff, my dad really didn't do much in the way of disciplining me. So I was a freaking heathen at that time. And I don't know why dad didn't discipline me. I don't know what, uh, what his thinkings was, why he, why he did this. And so I was, he had a, a housekeeper that was with him. And so Lenny was, uh, was, was kind of a, a surrogate mom for a, a little bit. But, um, there, the, uh, I had, I'm, I mean, I had this, uh, a lot of different issues. I, and I was a, uh, a, a hellion and, uh, cause of several many sleepless nights for uh my stepmom because she's the one who kind of bore the brunt of most of my frustration anger and stuff as to why I wasn't um wasn't with my mom why I couldn't uh, why mom and dad had to to get a divorce and I've heard stories that it was my granddad and I've heard other stories that mom wanted to go to wanted to live in the city and dad ref- didn't want to and so I mean I will I ever find this the answer out no I don't expect to um really it's something in the past it's honestly not even important now because even if I know why it's not going to change who I am it's so in the grand scheme of things, it would be interesting to find out why, but it's not going to define me. And that's the one of the big things that I wanted to tell him is that you don't have to be defined by the guy whose mom wasn't around. So he could be mad and bitter and all that if he absolutely wants to. That's fine. That's up to him. That's his life. His, his emotional stability is contingent upon what he wants to feel. And yes, you do choose your emotions. And that's one thing I was telling him. You, you can be as angry about it and as upset and as bitter as you want, but you're not hurting your mom. If she is still alive, maybe she's, you know, living in the next town over and she is, uh, she tweaked out of her mind on, on meth for the past, you know, 20 years. He can be as angry as he wants. And he's, his mom is not going to feel that emotion. His mom is not going to go, Oh, uh Oh, little Tommy's upset. He's mad at me. 
He can tell her, but even that news doesn't mean that she's going to react the way he's expected to because we all develop these things called a manual in our minds. You know, an owner's manual. What is an owner's manual? It's how to oper- how you're supposed to operate something. Well, we produce manuals in our minds for how our children are supposed to be. We have manuals for how our wives are supposed to be. We have manuals for how our boss is supposed to be. We have manuals for this and how manuals for the stranger in the car next to us is supposed to drive. We have manuals for anything and everything around us. That is what's called shooting on people. We love to shoot on people. He should be driving in a straight line. He shouldn't be coming over into my lane. You know, we have these weird, bizarre manuals that we put together. Now, a lot of times, though, we choose not to share those manuals with anybody around. We choose that these manuals, uh, we, when they, these manuals get violated, we get all angry and upset and stomp around and, well, dead gummit, it's last night was Saturday night and I didn't get any nookie from the wife. That is so unfair. And then we get the brand of pouting and stuff like that. And it does not do us any good because all that anger, all that resentment, all that frustration that you feel, all, how many people enjoy feeling that way? How many people enjoy feeling just pissed off and angry and and feeling like you're a victim? How many people feel like that? I can guarantee you if there might be one or two who like that because at least they feel like they have a little bit of power, though in all reality, they have given their power away. But if you actually pay attention and decide that you don't want to feel anger about it anymore. You don't want to feel bitter about it anymore. And apparently he's concerned about feeling bitter and he doesn't want to feel bitter about it because he's complaining about it. He's That's part of his question. I don't want to be bitter. I don't have a mom, but I don't want to be bitter about it. Well, you have to start looking at it as through the look at what your manual is, because I, even if your mom does still is still alive and if she is you know, you come across her one day and you're like, oh, my God, you're my mom. Oh, my God, you're my son. And y'all start trying to have a relationship again. You're going to find out that she is not living to what your manual is supposed to be. Your manual right now, or at least this guy's manual right now, is that his mom should have been there right beside him, coddling and babying him and taking care of him through from cradle to the current moment. And she didn't do that. And in all reality, that's a really tough thing to do. And it's really sad that he didn't have a mom with him because moms are great when it comes to making sure that you teach to be able to teach our sons the power of empathy and the power of the emotion. Because guys, we don't teach our sons that ourselves. Because in all honesty, we struggle with getting, you know, fully understanding all our emotions too. But if we actually try to force a manual upon uh, another person, this is how you should be acting. This is how this person should be, uh, should be behaving. This is when I say that I love them, they should say, I love you more back. You know, you, we've got all these things about our manual. We have decided in, in, uh, actually in earnest, uh, in uh, ahead of time, that this is how my mom should be and find out that our mom's not there. 
Sorry, I had somebody yelling outside the the truck. So <laughs> the fun of uh, of of truck casting. But you can sit there and you can decide that she wants she's going to be this way and she's not going to act that way. And because she is there is that that clash of ideas how you want her to be and how she really acts. You're going to create your own suffering. You're going to create your own heartache and frustration and everything else. And you're still going to wind up being bitter if you don't just accept that. Yeah, my mom, she was really had a really selfish time for a while and she left me. Or maybe it was my mom. I'm angry at the fact that she died, but that's all you can be. You can feel hurt by the fact that, yeah, she is not around anymore. There's nothing wrong with feeling hurt about it. There's no problem with feeling angry about it. But to sit there and try to lash out at everybody else because they had a mom and you didn't is is completely ludicrous. So this guy has a choice. He can accept the fact that he didn't grow up with a mom. And yeah, it's sad. And I I I feel for the fact that he doesn't have a mom. He can accept it. And he can move on with his life. He can decide, hey, this is how my mom would want me to be. This is the type of man I would, my mom would want me to be. And strive to be that man. Strive to be the best man, a man who would make his mom proud. He could do that. Or he could sit there and play the victim and be boohoo and wonder why nothing ever happened in his life. He has that Ability. He has those choices. So how does he get uh, stopped from being bitter? He chooses he's not going to be bitter. He is going to love his mom for all the flaws that she has. He is going to love her for all of the love that she possibly could have given him. He's going to love her for being the woman who gave birth to him. He has that choice to look at life that way and look at life in a, in a fashion so that he can actually be happy with who he is. Or he can sit there and piss, moan, and groan about not having a mom, and he's then he's going to live a life small for the whole time. So is there – is it a uh, – Is it bad that he didn't have a mom? Well, it can be because one of the big problems that you actually have with being not having your mom around is you wonder, especially if she's still alive, well, was I just not lovable enough? And that's one of those thoughts that we often crank out of our own head. Well, maybe I just wasn't lovable enough. No, it's not because, again, you don't feel the emotions. Her, your mom doesn't feel your emotions and you don't feel hers. We don't feel each other's emotions. So if you break that word down, lovable, you are able to love. So are you lovable? Yes, if you choose to love. So love your mom, love her, and love, like I said, love everything about her, the flaws and all, warts and all, and you will actually be a a happier person because what are you feeling? You're feeling love. She can hate your guts for all you care. You're not going to feel any of that hate. She's going to be the one who is cold and bitter because she's decided to let heart, hate take root in her heart while you just continue to just love her for whatever it is she's doing. You can love her. It is a choice. You can choose to love somebody. You can choose to love your enemy if you want. 
You can choose to love your bully and come to understand there's a, you can choose love. Now I'm not talking about all the whole hippie, hippie, hippie dippy thing where, you know, Oh man, I choose love all the time, man. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you can feel love and compassion towards a person that will open up doors to keep the, the emotion of bitterness from taking seed in your heart. Because when you do that, you're not going to be happy, no matter what anything happened comes along. Your his mom shows up. Oh, I'm so happy. I've been, you know, I got kidnapped by a cult, and I was locked in a, in a cellar for 20 years, and I just finally escaped. I'm so I missed you so much. If he's got bitterness in his heart, he's going to be like, well, where, why didn't you try to get escape sooner? Why did you decide now? You know, he's going to come up with reasons to be bitter and cold towards her. And then all those hopes and dreams of her loving him are just instantly smashed. So if you are in a case like this, that's where you can, you have that choice. It may sound weird to say, I choose love. Your wife is divorcing you. Well, you can choose to continue to love her. And I wish her well on her next endeavor because it's... Hopefully she finds happiness sometime because she apparently wasn't happy with me. You know, you can have that line of thinking and be okay with wishing her well and loving her and loving her new fiance and loving the kids that the fiance brings in. You know, you have those choices. So you can do that and you can have, you can have a great life and feel happiness towards anybody really. So now let's jump on over to the main topic. Now, the main topic this week is, are you a liability or are you an asset? And this just kind of, I've been seeing, just hearing a lot of, of people talking and I've, I visit, like I've mentioned before, I visit a lot of divorce support groups on Facebook and I see a lot of guys who sit there and they are just screaming out. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Oh my gosh. I don't know why she left me and she doesn't, I don't know why she, she got it. She instantly found another man and blah, 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 blah. And I can't believe she, all the stuff she's trying to do to me. And she's trying to screw me over with this and that and these and those. She's wanting half my money and you know, all this stuff. And I hear that and instantly I'm thinking, well, dude, you're sitting here whining about it. Yeah. Okay. Now maybe the divorce, some of them get handed with a, well, I just got handed papers. That's a blow and that's a shock. And that's really hard to take. I, I, I can get that. I would be in shock if my wife was to give me suddenly come up to me and go, Brian, I'm tired of, of you hanging around here. I'm tired of farting, uh, farting and sm- smelling up the bed. I want you out of here. That would be a shock to me too. But as things go on, I see a lot of these guys still just sitting there going, well, I can't believe it. She's just, it's day 38 of, of since she left and I just can't stop thinking about her. Okay. Well, I get you still love her and you start seeing all these problems that creep up and you start noticing a little bit of a pattern. 
a lot of these guys who are being handed divorces are being handed divorces by women who have decided to look at them as a liability and not an asset. And there is a very clean, distinct line between the two. If you took any type of economics course in high school, you know that a liability, when you're, when you're looking at liabilities, that is where money is going out. Things are leaving the, the, the value. You're lowering the value of, of a company. While if you look at assets, that's increasing the value of the company. Those same, same properties work in every other part of your life where there is any type of social, uh, value being exchanged. And yes, we do social value. Social currency is, is something that we've done for forever. Whether we were cavemen or we were, uh, you know, or we're the modern man of today, there's still a means uh, of modern, of, of currency, of social currency that we have to exchange. And are you being a asset or are you being a liability? And sadly, I'm seeing a lot of men these days who are just being liabilities. Now, granted, to become an asset, you have to learn the skills of becoming an asset. That's one reason why teenagers need to have the Burger King job, the Burger Flipper job, because they have to learn what it is to make make value. First off, they have to figure out what their value is. And when they start out at, you know, $8 an hour, $10 an hour, and they bust their butt for 40, 40 hours a week and they get a $400 check minus, you know, taxes, all of a sudden they're seeing what their worth is. And that really, a lot of times that really hurts their pride because they're like, yeah, I'm going to get a thousand, you know, 2000 bucks. I'm rich. And they open it up and after taxes, you know, it's like, oh, that's, you know, they took half of it. You know, they, all of a sudden you see how much your work is actually uh, involved, how much time it is involved to make money. And so they start to acquit, equate money and value. It's a really tough lesson, but it's a damn good lesson. And that's one reason why I really hate the fact that people are trying to raise the the minimum wage limit because – it is going to kill so many of these burger flipping jobs. They can, there's already robots and automation that McDonald's can put in to where they don't even have to worry about the damn burger, burger flipper anymore. You order, all right, the robot comes along, it grabs these, the 10 piece nuggets into the, into the grease, cooks it and, oh, there's the, there's the fries, cooks it. And so these kids could be replaced incredibly easy because this is a no skill labor. So, you know, you're throwing off what the kids actual values are by trying to try to raise the, uh, the minimum wage, but that's neither here nor there. When you are a, when you are young, you are learning what it means to be a liability or an asset because a lot of kids at first they are just they've been takers their whole life when you are a child you are a liability you are taken you because what a lot person who is a liability they are just consuming they are just takers it's always it's food they're not contributing anything for the food now as they get a little bit older they start taking out the trash they start taking you know start 
sweeping the floor and start, you know, they start doing chores to contribute to the, to the house. But still, the person who is bringing in the, the lion's share of the value to the house is the dad. Now, if the wife is working, okay, the wife brings in her portion. Sometimes the wife brings in more than the husband, and sometimes the husband brings in more than, than the wife. The wife, if she stays at home, she is still contributing to the, to the house. She's making sure the house stays clean. She's getting, making sure that everybody's clean, fed. She's, you know, she's doing what she needs to do to the house to make sure that the house itself runs. She is just as needed. A housewife is just as important to running a house as the husband is to going out and earning money. The whole crap line, uh, that a woman is not, is, is not being valued and, and just being barefoot and pregnant at the house is, is a load of crock. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't stick. It's because there's a lot more. Take it anytime you want to try to, uh, try to guess what it is. Try staying home a week while your wife is out of house, out of the house and you're stuck with the kids for a while. That and try to make sure the house is clean, the kids' rooms are clean, the windows are washed, the floors are swept, the couch is not stained, the there's you get the dishes in the dish out of the out of the sink and into the dishwasher and into the cabinets, and you're trying to do all this. It's possible. But at the end of the day, you sit down going, Whew, holy smokes, I'm tired. So yes, the man provides value, the wife provides value, the kids on a, as a whole are liabilities, but you're trying to instill them into them the reason why they need to become assets. And the more they work, the more they help out and, and stuff, they start realizing what the value of being an asset to a team is. Because once you get out into the real world, if you all of a sudden you start, you start looking around, you're going to see who the liabilities are. They're the ones that are sitting on at their, at their, in their cubicle and they're bitching, moaning and groaning about how the old man, uh, uh, the boss is just being mean to them and just giving them all these crap duties. And, you know, they're always whining and complaining and they're not ever doing anything about it. They're just, nye, 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 nye. When if you are a, an asset, you're taking your job and you're taking it seriously and you're working at it and you're trying to improve. And when you have an idea, you're posing it to the boss and if the boss says, yeah, it's good. Show me how you're going to get that done. You're going to have the answers to it. You're going to find the way of being able to provide more value for him because the more you value you provide, believe it or not, no matter what the, the college kids, the, 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 the easily offended white kids who want to think that everybody's racist except for them. They, the, what they don't know is that they're going to sit there and they're going to be nothing but consumers. They're going to be liabilities. And yeah, they're never going to be contributing to society. And this is the only way they think they can. They, by raising a big old stink. And yet they're shooting themselves in the, in the foot because the moment that they actually start getting a decent, job and they start going, well, this isn't, this isn't fair. I need to be, uh, need to be earning more. Well, the boss is going to go, well, make more, provide me some value and I will pay you more because those kids who have been 
told that you know businesses are nothing but evil and they just steal and from from the consumers and they use up the the employees and spit them out like dry husks at the at the end of the day no the only people who are getting spit out like dry husks are the are the 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 liabilities they weren't contributing anything to begin with. And so, but when you do contribute and you become an asset to the company, they're going to go, Hey, dude. Yeah. He is a kick butt salesperson. Let's give him a bigger one. Let's, Hey, we can't seem to get anybody to buy out of this one district. Let's get him to sell over there. And the guys are, oh, well, sure. Let's try it out. And all of a sudden he starts being able to bring more, more sales in from the, the low performing district. He's an asset while people who are, are liabilities are going to be going, well, golly, I've got sent all the way out in a BFE and there's nothing out here. No one wants to buy anything. It's They're just wanting to get rid of me. And, you know, they're, they're whine, they moan, they groan. They're those people who just really sucks the life out of everything. When you are a liability, you're always going to be running into problems. You are always going to have a problem that's going to, approach you and it's going to hit you across the face and you're going to wonder why life ain't fair. And you're going to wonder why in the world your marriage didn't work out. You're going to wonder why work, you can't hold down a job for very long. You're going to wonder why you don't have any friends. You're going to wonder why your business just won't take off instantaneously because you don't want to do the work. Sadly, those are all things you have to do the work. People are spending so much time these days running around wondering what is the shortcut to being able to become successful. The shortcut is, is you have to do the bloody work, man. You have to get out there and you have to get your hands dirty. You have to screw up. You have to bash your nose in a couple of times because you made the wrong step. You're going to find out that you're going to get bumped and bruised and, 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 and maybe chip a nail from time to time. Yeah, it's not fair. You're going to get, you're going to learn a hard lesson to pay attention to what people say because yeah, you're going to come across a crooked shyster someplace and he's going to end up, uh, you know, taking you for a ride. But that's life. After you find him, you're probably not going to come across very many more shysters because you're going to be able to spot them a hundred miles away coming at you and you're going to be able to know You're going to have the defenses. You're going to have the skills to go, dude, you can go the other direction because I ain't got anything to say to you. Don't believe me? There's still plenty of people who sit there and see some big boobed, uh, blonde haired chick suddenly out of nowhere who's about 22 years old hitting on, you know, not hitting, but requesting friend, getting friend requests to, uh, to, you know, 45, 50 year old dudes who are ball headed and out of shape. And you really think they're interested in that guy? No, it's just a guy trying to see if he can see if they can scam those guys out of, out of a, uh, out of something, uh, whether it's their identity or, or what. And sadly, a lot of those guys who are liabilities will go, Oh, yeah, hey, she, she, she likes me. She's got boobs. That's going to be kind of, I'd be nice to her. But if you have been swindled before, you're going to know, dude, don't do anything with that. That's, that's dumb and stupid. That's, it's not, we're not going, to, not going to be, I'm not going to give up my value for that. I am an asset and I'm going to block that particular particular threat. So if you provide more than you're giving, 
or more than you're taking, you're going to become an asset. If you're providing, putting into the, into your marriage more than you're getting out, it is called the zero 100% uh, principle where you give a hundred percent, give it all to your, to your wife, expect nothing in return. The law of reciprocity comes into effect and she will be, your wife will want to provide back to you. You give a hundred percent to your kids; they're going to give all that they can back to you. But if you're just taking and you're playing the victim all the time, and you're just taking, 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 eventually you're going to drain the emotional uh, savings account dry, and they're going to say, "I can't do this no more. I am tired. I am sick and tired of everything being a crisis with you. I am sick and tired of you just." always taking and never giving. I've been needing help around the house for, you know, the past three months to try to get things ready. And you haven't lifted a finger. You come in and you sit down and I ask you to help. And you go, well, I'm tired. I've been working all day. If you're an asset to your family, you'll go, yeah, okay. Yes, ma'am. I'll get up and go and you get that done. Don't worry about the dumbass television. Guess what? It's Hulu. You can go back four years from now and watch the same damn show again. Television is probably one of the biggest wastes of time you could do and to, to just not provide any value. Yeah, it's fun to watch a show from time to time, but it's not something you need to be using as a buffer. So, guys, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you all very much for listening and hearing how this, uh, uh, hearing about what a liability or an asset is. Decide, are you a liability or are you an asset? And if you have realized you are a liability, then start changing. Start taking steps to take, start taking action to make bigger steps so that you become the asset instead of just sucking the, sucking the, the, resources in your in your world dry because when you do your world will change and stuff will start flowing back into you so guys thank you again for listening take care if you like this uh this show if i if anything i said on the show is something that's rung a bell and you could think of somebody who this would benefit please go share this out with uh, with your friends family send them uh, hit the share button on the, on your podcatcher, send it to a friend, send it to a cousin, send it, you know, whoever it is you think needs to hear this. If you think this is great and you need to have everybody listen to it, share it onto your Facebook page, share it onto your, uh, onto your Facebook, uh, newsfeed, share it onto your, onto your Twitter, onto, if you're on DBuzz, you know, any social media platform you're using, share it out to that and, let them know, hey, there's this show called Relaxed Mail, and there's some great information being given out. This is a tremendous point as to what assets and liabilities are for in a, in a family, in a relationship. Share these out. If you want to take it a step further, then, man, give uh, go to uh, relaxedmail.com forward slash podchaser and leave a rating and review. Oh, that is such a... A tremendous bump. Got a got a fresh review the other day from a guy who's actually over on Deep Buzz, and uh, just is a a it's a great platform. It's kind of the IMDb of podcasting, 
So there's a lot of value there. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave a rating review there. I thank you all again for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of the week, and we will talk to you next week. So until then, bye.